Okay, let's begin our eighth cycle, our eighth year of Parsha Shiurim here for Beit Shemesh. Again, before we start, again, today's year should be L'zchus of Klai Yisrael to have Shalom, L'zchus of Klai Yisrael to uh, ultimately the Geula. That's really what we, uh, what we dive in for and how all our problems will be solved. But we should have Yeshuos and Nechamos and HaKadosh Baruch Hu should, should uh, give all of his uh, glory and grace on uh, all of Klai Yisrael. Okay, so let's start. Bereshis Bar Elokim, always exciting, new beginnings, the first word, in the, in the beginning. We don't always get to have a shear on Bereshis, sometimes it is connected to Simchas Torah, but Baruch Hashem this year, the beginning of Tavshin Ayin Vav, we have a shear on Bereshis. And our first thought will connect the end of the Torah with the beginning of the Torah, as we have touched on in past years. The Torah ends off with a Lam, it starts with a base. Uh, lave, somebody puts your heart into it, that's the connection to the Torah. Uh, Bays, other ideas, base symbolizes the, uh, lave symbolizes the other person, right, not just me, other ideas that we've had, but today we have something from the Lachsos Benoam Hashem. So Ravin, Yerushalayim, beautiful Svarim, and he writes as follows. Source number one. Move up Svarim HaKadoshim. She'ein sof b'Torah ve'sof sefer dvarim t'chila sefer b'reishas hemshech. As we know, the Torah is not finite. Hashem is infinite and the Torah is infinite because the Torah is a mirror of how we understand the Kodesh Baruch Hu. So if the Kodesh Baruch Hu is infinite, so the Torah is also infinite. So even though we think that we ended the Torah and anyone who is mechubad with chasen Torah thinks that they had the schus of finishing the Torah, really there was no finishing. We started again right away to reflect and to emphasize that we're, it's just a circle, and it's a cycle, and it goes over and over, and the end of the Torah is connected to the beginning of the Torah. And the question is, how is it connected, as we have asked in other years? So he suggests an idea, Shamati line 4, Mehagondra of Yehuda, Molam Zatzal, Rosh Yeshiva, Parat Yosef. He goes the following, the Gemara tells us in Masechus Megillah, Gemara that many are familiar with, it's Gemara Megillah Daftes, the Gemara about the Septuagint that the Gemara was translated to Greek. Story of Svarim. He loved books. He had a tremendous library. He loved books. He loved reading. The servants told Talmai, there's a great book the Jews have. It's amazing. The five books of Moses, unbelievable. Bestseller. Bestseller for centuries. It never left the top of the list. You got to you got to get a copy of it. And they follow everything that is in the Torah. Unbelievable. So what did Talmai do? As we know, he wanted to make sure that the Jews wouldn't, you know, give him a fake Torah, give him something that uh, wasn't. He wanted the original. He wanted the real, the real Torah. So as we know, he took seventy elders. He put him into 70 different rooms, 70 places. He didn't tell them what he was asking them before he put them into the rooms. They had no idea. They couldn't prepare. He puts them into 70 different rooms with a kolmis and kvilim, with parchment, with a quill. Write for me the Torah. Write for me the Torah. They all knew the Torah by heart. Right, they, that wasn't a wasn't a shaila. They all knew the Torah by heart, so they thought to themselves, though, that well, even before that, he realized that if they tried to train something, then they would be found out. 
because there were 70 different people writing. If there's only one or two people, 70 different copies, he took the 70 Sanhedrin and in that way to ensure the veracity of the Torah. And yet we know the tremendous nace that took place. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the, took, gave nevuah, so to speak, wisdom to all of the, to all of those elders and they all made the exact same changes in order to make sure that Talmai didn't misinterpret the Torah. Many changes are made. The first change being Parak Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. Bereshis bara Elokim was changed to Elokim bara Bereshis. And they all did it because Bereshis bara Elokim sounds like Bereshis, in the beginning, bara Elokim, something created Elokim. You can chas v'shalom read it that way. Bereshis bara Elokim. So they didn't want Talmud to get a misimpression, so that's why they changed it and wrote Elokim bara Bereshis. Hashem created the beginnings. Hashem created everything in the beginning. That was one of the uh, ten changes, among others. E'esa Adam, later in our parsha, instead of, instead of Nasa Adam, it's Amiru Kim Musainu. And uh, one of the uh, number ten, I think it was, the uh, Arneves, which is a non-kosher animal. Uh, they changed that because that was the name of Talmai's wife. They didn't want to think that he w- they were making fun of him. So they changed that to a Marbarak Lion. Okay, all the different the changes. But this is the first one. Elokim bar Abracious instead of Bracious bar Elokim. Fine. But we know that we have the Torah and it says, Bereshus bar Elokim. And we don't have any problems understanding that. We know exactly what Bereshus bar Elokim means, even without the change. So when you're reading the Torah to Jews, there's no reason to change. We have Emuna, Eikelokeinu. So in front of Jews, you don't have to change it. In front of Talmud, you have to change it. So when it's Le'ene Kol Yisrael, then you can write Bereshus bar Elokim. Last three words in the Torah. When it's in front of Am Yisrael. So then Bereshus Bar Elokim is in front. Le'enei Talmai. Then it can't be. Then it's got to be Elokim Bar Bereshus. Says the Rosh Hashiva from Parat Yosef. Line 14. Ve'hinei shinu izeh tzarech lasos rach lagoyim. Shehim ina ma'aminim b'ashem yizbarach. They don't trust. Umachapsim rayos l'devrayim. And they want to bring rayos. They want to prove everything. Avalam Yisrael sheim aminim b'nei maminim, but Am Yisrael believers, children of believers, lo tzrichim l'shinuyim b'Torah. We don't have to change anything. V'lachein asur l'shanos b'Torah. It's also to change even one nekuda. V'tzorach lahashir kafi hamisores bereishis bara elokim. And now we understand, as we just said, the end of the Torah nauts in the beginning of the Torah. It was a yuvan smichus le'enei kol Yisrael. Then you can have Bereshus Bara Elokim. So that gets us started with our new cycle, the end of the Torah connecting to the beginning of the Torah. But related to this, we can ask a simple question. Okay, fine. We trust it. We won't misinterpret. But why was it written in this way? If it might be subject to misinterpretation... Why did Hashem just write Elokim Bar Abracious? Would have been simpler. And we could ask this about a number of the changes. A number of the changes that the Septuagint had in it was because there could have been misinterpretation about Emuna. For example, later on in the Parsha, Nase Adam Bitsalmenu Kin Musenu. We shall make man. We? How many gods are there? We? Chas Vashalom. Elohim Achirim. So, we know different shadam of what Nasa means. The Ramban writes Nasa Adam means guf and neshama. 
Na'ase Adam. We, the spiritual and the physical, together we will make man. Na'ase Adam. Or, Rashi quotes Na'ase Adam, is just to teach us Anava. Right? You should never make decisions by yourself. Right? Hashem says Na'ase. He, of course, is going to be his decision. But to teach us that we should always ask for advice from people, so that's why he says Na'ase Adam, as if Hashem asked advice. But why doesn't it just say, Na'ase Adam? Why doesn't it say, Elohim Barabrashis? Why does it say it's simpler so that we won't have any uh, confusion and misconceptions? Ask this question, the Shvile Chaim. The Rav from Canton, Ohio, that we've touched on his farm before. So he gets us into it in source number two. He says, the line, Rashi Mevayer, Shalom Yomar Barashis Shemu, Ushdei Rishu Yosem, Barishon Barat Hasheni. Don't think that Rashis is a shame and Barashis created Elohim. Don't think that, Chas V'Shalom. Right, and that's why they changed it. Line 7, based on the simple interpretation of the Pasuk, one might make a mistake. One can make a mistake that there are, there are two gods. So why didn't the Torah write it? Right, this isn't such a, a little thing to make a mistake about. It's the basis of everything. The basis of mitzvah, The basis of, of Emunah. So why does the Torah write it in such a difficult way to understand it? That's the question. So says the Shvi Lechayim, a very, a very important tarot which we have to take with us through life. Especially at this, uh, at this juncture as we stand here right after the Yomim Noraim and we try to take the messages with us and not leave the experiences in Shul. So what messages can we get from Torah Seinu HaKadoshah? So here we go, line 10. L'shem teretz kushi aseinu v'hesber ha'inyan. To help understand it, navikan mamar chazal zeh. Hayakadosh baruch hu ma'bit b'torah. Uborei asa'olam, as the Medrash says, and it's also in the Zohar, Hakadosh baruch hu looked into the Torah and created the world. As the Zohar says, istako ba'oraisa ubara alma. The Torah, Kabbalistically, is the blueprint of the world. What does that mean? Let's continue for a minute. Va'atorah amra b'reishas b'relokim ve'ein reishas elatorah. Hadahu dechsev Hashem kanani reishas darko. B'reishas b'shvil reishas b'relokim. For the purpose, the tachlis of the entire creation of the world was reishas. Reishas is the Torah. B'reishas b'relokim. For reishas. That needs to be the first word in the Torah. Because we have to realize the goal and the purpose of the entire creation. Why do Kodesh Baruch create? Hashem doesn't need the world. Hashem existed before the world existed. Hashem, so to speak, allows the world to exist. For what? What's the purpose of the world? B'mila harishona b'reshis ganuz hasod shal tachlis habriyakula. The entire tachlis of creation is included in that first word, and that needs to be the first word. Kol ha'olamos, ha'malachim, ha'srafim, ha'ofanim, the ten levels of angels, as the Rambam describes in Ilchaz Yisod Torah. B'nei Adam, b'sharabrum, and then people, and then the lower creations. Lo nivru ela b'shvil ha'torah. The entire universe exists for the fulfillment, for the learning, for the connection of Torah. And since this is what it reflects, even includes all of Torah, even Torah Shavapeh, 
But that has to come first. That has to come first. And even if it means that there might be some misunderstanding, but it has to be clear to the Jews what the purpose of the world is. In the first word of the Torah, we understand the purpose of the entire world and universe and functioning. Vein Yodim Shalom, he says on line 22, Yishla Right? The first, the Torah is the Torah is the goal. And then he even continues and says as follows. Turn the page for a moment. Says the says the Shvile Chaim. On the top of the first the first line is a little cut off. That Akadish Baruchu, the Pasik tells us later in the in the uh, parsha that Akadish Baruchu took Adam and put him into Ganeda. Rashi quotes there on top. Rashi Pirates, Perak Bays, if you want to read the Pasik, Perak Bays, Pasik Tezvav, the Torah tells us Vayikach Hashem Elokim Adam, Hashem took Adam, Vayanichayu Bagan Eden Shamra, and he placed him in Gan Eden. What do you mean he took him? So Rashi quotes, he took him, Lakho Bidvarim Rutnaim, he took him with nice words, Upituhu Likanes. Fascinating Ha'ara, the Shvili Chaim says here. What does the Pasuk say? Hashem took him. What does Rashi say? He convinced him to go in. What impression do we get? He didn't want to go in. Adam did not want to go into Gan Eden. That, what is, that's what Rashi says. He had to seduce him. He had to convince him to go into Gan Eden. That's what Rashi says, explaining the Pasuk of Ayika. Ayika usually means you don't want to. Hashem had to be mashpia on him. What happened at the end of the story? What happened after the Onesh, after the Chait? Now back to line five. Achar kach she'adam chata ba'achom eitzadas kasev b'torah va'yegaresh es'adam. Hashem drove him out. The first lashon of Gerishin in the Torah is right here. Va'yegaresh es'adam va'yishkon mikedam le'ganeidem es'akruvim. And not only did he throw him out, he put up guards. Put up guards, never allowed in. Ve'eslat achar v'mesapechas l'shmar echzerach ha'chayim. So, originally... He didn't want to go in. Once he went in, he didn't want to come out. Tofa psychologit ma'anyenet kan lefanenu. There's a psychological reality here that is very interesting, says the Shvilechayim. La rishon ahochachachachachach baruchu lahavsir ba'adam she'ikanis l'ganeiden. Originally, Hashem had to plead and beg, come on, it's going to be great. You don't, even, you don't realize it. You see this whole world, but there's ganeiden. I trust me. He had to convince him. Ulam midaito. But once he went in, he didn't want to come out. misham. And he had to be forced out, and not only forced out, as we just said, Why? What is the message? The message is Gan Eden is Ruchnius. Gan Eden is connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Gan Eden means committing ourselves to a life of Torah. Before somebody commits, before we decide, I want to dedicate my life to Hashem. I want to live a life of Kedusha. Before we do that, it could be very nerve-wracking. We could be nervous. Do I really want to do that? Do I really want to change? Do I really want to grow? Do I really want, you know, many times it could be like a, whether it's a later stage in life, or even especially when one is young, sometimes teenagers, many of Bnei Chutzlaretz who go to Eretz Yisrael for the year, or even Bnei Eretz Yisrael as they, as, they, as they mature. Do I really want to do this? It's like a little nervous. So they don't want to go in. But once you get in, says the Shvi Lechayim, there's nothing sweeter. 
There's nothing like it. And you never want to leave. You never want to dilute that connection that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the symbol of Gan Eden. And that's what we learn from the first person in history. Once he tasted the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there was nothing like it. He didn't want to leave. And he had to be forced out because that was what history demanded at that time. See for Nazan, now let's read it. Mishamish Dugmama Lefesu Babuane Mana. Wahanagas Kamabre Adam Bakaldoros. This story is a model, is a mushal for so many stories. Kishabamu Matiel and Lishmar's mitzvah satora. We try to get people to keep the mitzvahs. Vilanos Behem. Follow Halacha. Be Shomer Torah. Come to a shear. Start something. Al Pirov Enam Nishbam Latsa. Many times people don't want to get it, put their foot in the door. They don't want to come. They don't. Because they don't realize what it is. You have to get him in. You have to just get him to get the foot in. Get one foot in the door. Because once you get one foot in the door, the, the Torah speaks for itself. The magic of the Torah. The connection. The fact that the Torah binds and unites. Unites generations. Unites Jews from all over. We don't realize it. And precious, if you go to any shul in the entire world, this Shabbos, the other side of the world, they're going to be laying Parshas Parshas Unbelievable. We, don't, we, don't, we, under, we underappreciate what the Torah is and what it symbolizes and, and what it gives us. He says, that's what he says. Go to the next paragraph. Ma'anyein ma'od adavar. Sha'afilu la'achar achet. Even after Adam was chote and he rebelled against Hashem, he didn't want to leave. Lo ratza adam b'shum ofan li'ipari menachayim ha'neimim begana eden shel atar v'amitzvos. He was nanash, but he didn't want to leave. Didn't want to leave. V'umishtokek b'chol nimei nafsho lachzar l'gan edenu. And he yearns for it. Ki b'shum ofan e'nen yachol izraga l'chayim shem yichutzlo. He cannot. We know the Midrashim talk about. Adam walked around depressed. He didn't want to have any more kids. Right? And he did it. He didn't forget it. That you call this life? This is life. Outside of Gan, imagine being in Gan Eden and having going, out, going outside of Gan Eden. It's but not. It's like Lahavdil, Bismana Mikdash, and after the Mikdash, what the Tanoim felt like after the Chorban, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, what his seder must have been like the year after the Chorban Abayis. Emal, this is a seder. We know the Gemara tells us that the Zakanim, who was still alive, Bisman Bayasheni, right, cried when everybody was celebrating the Binyan Bayasheni. They were crying because they say, "You call this a base of Mikdash." You call this the five major things the Gemara tells us were missing in the second base of Migdash that weren't in that were in the first base of Migdash. So Adam Arishon, he didn't, he, he couldn't live with it. But that was it. But he couldn't change. He couldn't change it. But what the message for us is that he wanted to go back because he tasted it. And if you taste it, if you taste the Torah, which is the purpose of the world. And that's why the Torah starts off with the word voracious. Even though it's mis- misleading and confusing, and I might think heretical thoughts, chas v'shalom, but the Torah still has to start off. Voracious, bar elokim. Because we have to know bishvil voracious, bar elokim. For the Torah, for Kedusha, for Ruchmias, that is what, that is what uh, we need. And then he says beautifully at the end, on line 46, and this isn't just by the first person, we find this when we became a nation. We didn't want to. We didn't want to. You didn't want to. Kafalim Harkagigas. 
And what eventually happens? Hadar Kibluha. And then we accepted it willingly. Not getting into the problem now with Nasabanishba versus Kafalam for a different time. But on line forty six, Umasha Nakunulagabaya Prat, Nakun Gamagabaya Klau. What applies to the individual also applies to the Klau. Dovers and Amosi Bedivra Khazala Kol Im Kafa Aleb Harkagigis. The Amalahem. Rather Gumad Khazal, he held the mountain over us like a barrel, and said Matemakalamasatar Mutav, and if you accept it fine, and if not, not but later on, we accepted it. Because once we tasted it, and we had that connection with Hashem, Chashiba Satora, Lo Nodola Mitzchila, Velazos Hashem had to force us, because we didn't realize it. According to any of the Pshatim, you know, we only wanted Torah Shavachsav, not Torah Shavachsav. We only wanted this. We didn't want that. We didn't realize the beauty, the sweetness. We didn't realize, in Lecha Ben Choren, El Right before, he doesn't relate it to the Chazal. But before somebody uh, becomes a person who devotes their life to Torah and mitzvot, we think it's the most enchaining and the most limiting lifestyle. We think that it's all a bunch of no's. But once a person becomes a Shomer Torah mitzvot, they realize it's the most liberating. It's the most fulfilling. It's the most creative. It's the most... It's, it's, it's beautiful. So in Lucha Ben Chorin, I'll make Torah. But one only knows that once they get the foot in the door, and that's why that's what happened uh, to Am Yisrael, and that's what happened to Adam Arishon, and that's the first pasuk in the Torah. That's the first word in the Torah. Bereshis, Bishvil Reshis, Bara Elokim. And he just turned the page for a minute, that he uh, sums up at the end. Source number four: Sikum Advarim, Ein Reshis Ela Torah. She Tachlis Abriya. Reshis is the is the uh, the Torah, which is the uh, the ultimate purpose of the Bria. Nobody can say that. Okay, moving right along. Let's get to the second word of the Torah of the parsha. We're going to be here for a long time, right? Not not really, but Hashem. Uh, so we spoke about we spoke about a hakdama. We spoke about the connection to the end of the, part, the Torah. Now we spoke about Barashas. Let's get to the next word, bara. Barashas bara Elohim. What does the word bara mean? Create. That's not such a common word used. The Ramban already points out only Hashem could be bore. Bore is what the Ramban calls in source number five yesh meayin. Something from nothing. All other creations that man does, even that Hashem does, after stage one of creation, is yesh miyesh. Something from something. Says the Ramban, bara means something from nothing. Let's read the Ramban in source number five. Viata, shma pirish amikra apshuto nachonu barur. Let me explain. HaKadosh Baruch Hu bara kol hanivraim me'afiso muchletes. Hashem created everything from nothing. We can't, as human beings, we can't understand this. We don't know what that means. What do you mean nothing? What is nothing? It's the absence of anything. But we don't know what that means because we only know something. The Gemara, the Mishnah Chagiga says we shouldn't, we're not allowed to spend too much time thinking about this because we'll just lose our mind. Or we won't believe in Hashem anymore. One of the two. So both of those are not advisable. So the Mishnah says in Chagiga that we're not allowed to look. Malamala, malamata, malafnim, malachar. The Mishnah says we shouldn't spend a lot doing that. So says the Ramban. 
We have to know it, even though we can't understand it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Barak Hala Nevram Yafisa Mukhletes. V'yedes Leidu Balashan HaKodesh Pahotsas HaYesh Me'ayin El Alashon Bara. The verb that means Yesh Me'ayin is Bara. That's Bara. V'ein Kal Anaset HaKad HaShemesh Olamawa Hove Min HaAyin HaSchala Rishona. There's nothing nowadays in the world that was nivra, that was created yeshmiyayin. What does that mean? Aval says the Ramban, Hashem created a certain type of matter. And from that matter, that was the Bria, yeshmiyayin, and then from that matter, he formed the entire worlds and universes. Yeshmiyesh. Two stages. Barashas bara elokim, from not something, from nothing. And then after that, it was all yesh miyesh. Let's read it. Aval hotzimen ha'efes ha'gomor muchla yisod dak ma'od ein bomamish. Some type of matter which we can't even fathom what it is. Avalu koach ha'mamsi. It's the koach of creation. The koach that's going to create from that. Mucham l'kabalat doesn't mean it's a physical matter. It's some type of potential. Mucham l'kabalat sura. Ve'lotzeis min ha'koach el ha'poal to go from the potential to fruition, the hu hachomer harishon, nikro liyavanim, hiyuli, the hiyuli, the matter, v'achar hiyuli lo baradavar. And once Hashem did that, in our Pasuk, Rashi's bar it doesn't say bara afterwards. Right? It says bihi baram. But the first stage was bara, and then the Ramban says, afterwards was, avol yatsar va'asa. Those are different words. That also, we might mean formed, made, but it's not create. It's not bara. Kimi menu from that hiyuli himtsi hakol v'hilbish hatsuros v'tikin osam. And Hashem did that. And just skip one more line. Hakadosh Baruch Hu bara elu shneihem mi'ayin u'shne. I'm sorry. Let's just go straight. V'da line seven. Now, with that background, says the Ramban. Let me explain pasuk aleph in the first parak of the Torah. All the matter that was going to be used for the heavens, that was one, Hiyuli. Aretz, a different one. That was it. That was the only time there was a bara. One for the Shemayim, one for the Aretz, that's what it means. Barashas bara Elohim. And then after that, it was all Yatsar Va'asa. Va'akol Na'asim Mehem. That is the Ramban. I once saw a Pshat, and I remember where it was. We say in Davening every morning, in the Birchas Kriyashma. Before Kriyashma, we say, Borei Rufuos. Hashem is Borei Rufuos. Dafka, according to this Ramban, that word Borei is used because we know Hashem has the power to create Rufuos for a situation which seems so miyuash, so hopeless. There's nothing to do. Borei Rufuos. Hashem could be Borei Rufua. An individual, a nation, Hashem is Borei Rufuos. Right? Yesh Ayin. Hashem could bring Yeshua Hashem Keheraf Ayin. He could be Borei Rufuos. And that's, we appreciate that, that, that uh, those two words, Every morning we could have this kavana. Hashem could be bara rufuos based on this based on this Ramban. So that's bara. Rav Salvatsik though goes a little deeper into what bara means, and in a different way, not deeper kabbalistically. 
But uh, in terms of what it means for us, using a halachic principle. Says of Salvation, and I'm sorry it's light, but the addition of the Masoras Harav is very light. So even when you make it darker, it comes out light. Okay, but we can still read it. Here we go. The basic idea expressed in these words is that creation took place something was created from nothing as we know, he doesn't quote the Ramban. This concept is a tenet of faith in Yadus. However, the Torah is not a guide to metaphysics. Its focus is on moral imperatives. Right? The Torah is not a history book. Each article of faith must therefore be converted into a moral norm. Everything that it says in the Torah must be there to teach us something in terms of our behavior, in terms of normative practice. So what does it mean for us? Says the Rav, says Rav Salvechik, quotes David HaMelech, the Tehillim for Yom Rishon. Hashem created everything. Hashem owns everything. That's what it means. To Hashem is the land. Right? The Gemara in Brachas that tells us you have to make a bracha. Why do I have to make a bracha? Because before I make the bracha, it belongs to Hashem. Why does everything belong to Hashem? Did he buy it? He didn't buy it. So he created it. So what's the connection between creation and owning? Says Rav Salvechik, there's a halachic principle. Line 7. One could clarify this idea through a halachic principle. There is a disagreement in the Talmud. It's a machlokas in the Gemara and Babakama towards the end. Regarding the ownership rights of a craftsman who was given raw material by a second party and then fashioned it into something more valuable. Right? I gave wood to an artisan to make me a chair. I give him the wood. I supply the wood, he makes the chair for me. When he finishes the chair, do I own the chair before he even gives it to me? Or, asks the Gemara, does the act of creation give him a legal ownership of what he created? So when he gives it back to me, it's kind of selling it back to me based on the money that I'm paying him to do the job. The principle called Uman Kone Bishvachli or Uman Enokona, Bishvach Kli. Amachlokas in the Gemara. I supply the more material, so you might say it's mine. Does the craftsman, line 11, have ownership rights over the value that his craftsmanship added to the raw material? Right? Does he have ownership? If so, the owner of the raw material must compensate if he wishes to own the finished product, or he has no rights. Right? He's entitled to only payment. Many we showed in Paskin, he has no ownership rights. This is Machlokas. It's Machlokas of the Gemara whether creation creates legal ownership. But then says Rev Salvechik in his own unique creative way, the machlokis is only by a human craftsman because the owner gives the raw materials to the craftsman and now the machlokis is, does it apply, does, it, does the bailam own it or does the uman own it? But what if the craftsman supplies the raw materials himself and then creates the clay? then there's no machlokas. There's no machlokas there. But although there is a difference of opinion regarding a human craftsman, there is no controversy when t- discussing the creator of the world, the Bore Olam. Hashem unquestionably owns the world by virtue of his having created it precisely because the world was created Yeshmi'ayin. Hashem created the raw materials. Yeshmi'ayin. And according to the Ramban, then he made that yesh into another yesh and into another yesh until, until it gets becomes physical that we could see it and understand it. 
And therefore, that's why Hashem is Kone Shemaim Va'aretz, as we call him on Friday night. He owns the world because he created the world. Kone means status. The moral message of creation, yesh mi'ayin. So then what's the Lomaisa message for us then, as the Rav Salvechik started? So what's the take-home message for us? So Hashem owns the world. The take-home message is that the one who supplies the raw materials and creates everything is the owner. Who gives us life? Who gives us our organs? Who gives us everything we have in life? He owns them. They're on loan to us. The moral message of creation, Yishmi'ayin, is that all of a person's organs, talents, capabilities actually belong to God and are only on loan from Him. With every sin he commits, he misuses that which has been lent to him and thus, in a sense, forges his, foregoes his every right to exist. Living a life of a sin is thereby an act of theft and extortion. Right? The Chedushia Rim already points out. We say in Ne'ilah, Save us from the Oshek. Oshek means like a, a form of Geneva. That's the sin that we talk about in Eila. Out of all the sins we can talk about, no more Alchets. Says the Chilish Yerim, because everything we have is given to us by Kaddish Baruch Hu. So anytime we don't use our Kochos for Kedusha, we're stealing. Because Hashem owns it. Uman Kone Hashem was the Borei. Hashem created, and thus he owns it. Right? We use the expression, now line 26, we use the expression, yesh ayin for lack of a better term. In fact, we say yesh ayin. This is really a separate point, but it's connected. We say yesh ayin because to us it's ayin. There, but it really was yesh yesh. Hashem was there. Hashem's not ayin. From our perspective, there was nothing besides Hashem. So that's why it's called Yesh Me'ayin. But if Salvechik says, what do we say in Adon Olam? We, one of the earliest songs that a child learns. One of the earliest songs. The first line of one of the earliest songs. Maybe the first song after Torah Siva. Adon Olam Asher Malach B'terem Kol Yitzir Nivra. He was the Melech before there was creation. We say it. We say the words every day. Adon Olam, Asher Malach, he was the master that ruled as a king. Biterem before, many times we don't put the comma in the right place. It doesn't fit into the song. Biterem kol, no, it's Biterem kol yitzir nivra. Kol yitzir, goes together. Biterem before, kol yitzir nivra. Before anything was created. That's what we say. Hashem existed. He was a yesh. And then he quotes the Arizal, but the, the message is that Hashem was a yesh, but he somehow minimized himself, whatever that means, in order to make room for the world, the ultimate uh, mate. But this is the uh, thought of the Ramban, expanded upon by Rav Salvechik. Hashem created the world, Yeshmi'ayin, he owns everything, and we are, we are his subjects. Okay. Says the, says the, uh, let's continue now. Give me Gemara Sanhedrin. It's a little rubbed out on top, so. Um, okay, let's continue. Now we go to Perek Bey's Pasuk Zion. Perek Bey's Pasuk Zion. Says the Torah, Vayitzer Hashem Elokim Esa Adam, Afer Min HaAdama, Vayipach Ba'apav Nishmas Chayim. Hashem created man, dirt, dust from the earth, Vayipach Ba'apav Nishmas Chayim, and he breathed into him life, Aneshama Vayi HaAdam, Lenefesh, Lenefesh Chayim. 
and he made him uh, nefesh chai. He breathed into him a neshama. Thank you. Uh, the the pasuk says here. So what does this mean? As we know, Hashem breathed into Adam a spirit, a neshama. He gives him a neshama. We are made up of a guf and a neshama. Two thoughts related to this pasuk. One is just a gemara. What the take-home message of the gemara is? Maybe I'll leave some homework. But this is the gemara. It's a gemara in Sanhedrin on Daf Sadi Aleph. The Gemara tells us as follows. Again, the first line is a little bit cut off. I'll read it from the actual Gemara. Tzadi Aleph, Ahmed Aleph. Antoninus and Rebbe. We know Antoninus, one of the uh, kings, Roman kings. He was very friendly with Rebbe. So, Ahmed Antoninus the Rebbe. Guf unishama yucholim liftar min hadin. I don't know how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to help people accountable after 120 years. Or give them reward. Either way. Because I based on logic, can think of a way that the guf and the neshama can be potter. Right? This pasuk is about Hashem gives the neshama into the guf. Ketzad, guf omer, why? Because the body is going to say to Hashem, neshama, guf omer, neshama chatos, miyom shapir shemimeni, harini mutal keven domeh mekever. The guf is going to say, well, it wasn't my fault. Have I done anything since the neshama left me? It obviously is the neshama's fault. Right? Because Hashem's going to try to talk to the goof. The, the goof's not moving. Right? The goof's going to say, it's not my fault, it's the neshama's fault. The neshama omeres, and the neshama's going to say, right, now we see it on the second line on top, goof chata. No, it's the body's fault. Shemiyom shepirashti mimenu, hareni parachas ba'avir kitzipur. I've been flying around since I left the goof. I haven't done anything wrong. So the goof didn't do anything wrong. The neshama didn't do anything wrong. So, says the says the uh, Antoninus to Rebbe, uh, I could, uh, how is Hashem going to hold anybody responsible? Amalei Rebbe says, Emshel I'll give you a mashal. There was a king that had a beautiful orchard. Beautiful fruit growing in the orchard. He put two guards of the orchard to make sure nobody touched his delicious fruit. Echad chiger ve'echad suma. One guard was in a wheelchair, and one guard was blind. So he figured, no problem. The blind man can't see the fruit, but he could like, hear people coming, and he could run after somebody, and the, and the, the wheelchair, the guy in the wheelchair, is not going to be able to reach the fruit. So he thinks that he has it all, he has it all set. After he leaves, Amalochigelasuma. The chiger, the man in the wheelchair, says to the blind man, there are delicious looking fruit in this paradise. Put me on your shoulders, I'll direct you, and together we'll be able to get some fruit. So the man in the wheelchair went on the suma's shoulders, the heavy um, and he listened to his instructions, Va'achlum, and they had a delicious lunch. Liam and Baal Paradis, and a few days later, the Baal Paradis comes, and Amalan, he says, Where's my delicious fruit? What happened to my prize apple? Well, I couldn't have done it. I don't have legs. No, I couldn't have done anything. 
Well, I can't see anything. How could I have taken anything? Ma'asa, but this owner was no no fool. Ma'asa, what did he do? Herkev Chiger Agabi Suma Vedonasam Ke'echad. He put the man in the wheelchair on top of the shoulders of the blind man and says, okay, now I'm going to judge you. Because you did it. Av HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we stand in judgment, the Neshama says there, he's, uh, the Neshama says it's Pater, and the Guf says it's Pater. Av HaKadosh Baruch Hu, maybe Neshama v'zorka v'aguf. When it's time to stand in judgment in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're right. We're going to get our Neshama back. The Neshama is going to go into the Guf, v'dan osam ke'echad. And you're going to have them together. What the message of the Gemara is? Well, one thought is just to keep in mind that aren't, we only have one neshama. And that neshama is with us for eternity. That neshama is going to be our neshama in a thousand years from now. It's one neshama. We say to Hashem every day, also from the morning, Elokai neshama shenasatabi tahorahi. Maybe referring to this Gemara, partially. It's our neshama, it's ours to keep clean, it's ours to shine, it's ours to make sure we take care of. Number one. Number two, related to this Pasuk, is a thought of the Chavetz Chaim. Based on the Unkelis. Probably one of the more well-known phrases of Unkelis in the entire Torah. We're still in Perak Beis, Pasuk Zion. When Hashem creates man, and he gives him a neshama, but the next phrase, we just spoke about, but now we get to, man is a live soul. Nefesh chaya. What does that mean? So Uncle says, Vahavis ba'adam l'ruach mimalala. A talking soul. What did Hashem do? What makes man unique? The ability to talk. The ability to verbalize a reflection of intellect, the Koach Adibur. And as we know, the Chafetz Chaim uh, wrote at length in many different places, in many different Svarim about the Koach Adibur. Let's read what he has to say here in the collection from the Chafetz Chaim Ala Torah, in source number in source number eight. Says the Chafetz Chaim, source eight, Koach Adibur. What he's going to say here is just to try to give us an appreciation of the power of speech. The ability to speak has nothing to do with Gashmias. Nothing to do with Gashmias. It's all from above. It comes from Hashem. There's so much symbolism to it. The the uh, the Avni Nezer says that's what I'm sorry the Shemi Shmuel says that's the shofar on Rosh Hashanah because that's, that's the day we got the day we got this talking spirit blown into us so we blow back to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak uh, that that's the recognition of that but says the Chavetz Chaim since this is such a special koach that we have let's think about it for a minute let's think about the gift that Hashem gives us to be able to speak. This hidden, powerful ability. We don't even realize when we're talking 
what we are doing and how many things we are doing. Kikol hapuulos, all of the actions shaadam oseh beivarav that he is that we have to do. Yotas alapal rakburatzon adam achshavaso. If we want to walk, we have to decide to walk first. We have to think about it. We have to put our leg in front. If we want to throw, if we want to hit, if we want to write, we have to think with our brain, and then it goes to the, that sends the message to all the rest of our body, and in that way we're able to carry out the actions. Vim yasiach daito mi pu'ulosav, and if um, we are mesiach das from the actions, lo daisha pu'ula tihiya gerua, not only, if we don't focus and think about what we are doing, not only can it not be effective, but it could just cause nezek. For example, if we don't focus, he gives an example of what we're doing. The uh, carpenter is putting a nail into a piece of wood in one hand, he is holding on to the peg. You have the hammer. You have the nail. If he doesn't focus, he's going to get hurt. If he doesn't focus, he's going to ruin everything he's doing. But, says the Chafetz Chaim, not true when it comes to Dibur. How much do we think before we talk? How much do we have to think before we get the words out? Not much. We have the, you know what we could do? We could talk even without thinking at all beforehand. We could say anything we want. No, wh- why is that? It's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kan nasan HaKadosh Baruch Hu matana rabas ha'erech la'adam shebekocho levate es kol ha'tevos v'amilim mibali kamachshava kodemes without even thinking beforehand. We could do it. For example, We want to say the word Vayedaber. We have to think Okay, when we start reading. But somebody who has the power to read already and to speak, He says it. Even a child, two, three, not, not reading, talking. A child, two years old, could speak. How much are they thinking beforehand? It's like automatic. Even though, says the Chafetz Chaim, they're all from different parts of the body. The Vav is Minas Fatayim. The Dalit is from the Lashon. The be, oh, the Bez is from uh, the Sfatayim, and the Reish is from the Shinayim. Do we have to think, and putting the letters together, and the different sounds, and the guttural, there's so many things going on as we talk, but we don't think about it, because that's the gift of speech. The Koach Hadibur, that's this Pasik. Vayihi Ha'adam, says the Unkelis Ruach Mamalala. That is the gift that Kaddish Baruch Hu gives us. And we have to realize what a gift it is. Right? That's also part of why we start Yom Kippur with Kal Nidre. It's all about Dibor. It's all about the uniqueness that we have. And we've mentioned in the past the fact that Hashem, when He wants to stop Bilam from going to curse the Jews, what does He do? He creates a talking donkey. And the question is, why couldn't He just send out a Baskol? Why do you have to create a, to- create a talking animal? So some of the Bali Musar, the Elohim Moadai writes, that maybe the point was, Hashem was saying to Bilam, if you are not using your special koach that I have given you to be a human being, you're no better than a talking animal. And that's why that was the simon given to Bilam. 
Because that's what makes us unique. And it's such a gift, we have to realize, this is what is Makadesh us. Vidibartaban, there are so many mitzvos, and so many averos that relate to Dibor. So, bracious, if there's anything that we have to work on, the unique element of being a human, Kalach Dibor, is something that is always worthwhile to devote time and effort to. Okay, it's a lot more here. Chavis Chaim talks about this a lot, but we will move on. Perak Beis, Pasik Yud, Pasik Yudches. Going to source number nine. Famous thought, but I don't think we... Not famous, we're going to make it famous now if it's not known. But uh, we never mentioned it, I don't think, in Parshish Bresh this year, so we'll mention it now. Pasik tells us, anybody has to uh, talk at a Sheva Brachis or a uh, wedding issues... Uh, this is the Pasuk, right? There are two parshas that one could talk about Shalom Bayez, Bereshis and Kiseitse. Yes, you could also talk about it, Parshas uh, Vayetze, where uh, Yaakov gets married. There are a couple of others you could fit it in. But the obvious ones are Bereshis and, and Kiseitse with the mitzvah of Kiddushin. Says the Torah, Vayom Hashem Elohim, Lotov Heyos Adam Levado. It is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. It's an amazing contrast. Because in Perak Aleph, we have over and over and over again, everything is good. Everything is good. The entire creation is good. The animal kingdom is good. The whole universe is good. And not only good, tov ma'od. And all of a sudden, we have something that's not good. Lotov, heyos adam levado. All of a sudden, single, not good. Lotov, heyos adam levado. Eselo Ezer Kenegdo. I have to make for him an Ezer Kenegdo. And then we have, amazingly, just the Pshuto Shal, the Mikra is, is amazing. Hashem says, I gotta give Adam a wife. And what happens in the next Tempsukim? He brings him all the animals. And all done, and that's why, and Tempsukim later, ah! Right, he takes, uh, takes out a rib. What are these animals doing here? Right, so the, the Pshuto Shal Mikra, he's showing Adam, you can't mate or pair with any of these, any other creatures. So I need to show you that. I have to create somebody new. Azer Kenegdo. Fine. We know the uh, tour, uh, his section of Shulchan Aruch, his section of tour, all about issues, but initially Isha is called Evan HaEzer, also related to Azer to Kenegdo. Says the Nitziv, what is Azer Kenegdo? Because if we think about it, they're opposite words. Azer a help, Kenegdo, opposite. Says Rashi, quoting Chazal, Ezer Kenegdo, Zacha Ezer. If one merits, if one spouse merits, the other one is a help. Lo Zacha Kenegdo Lehilachem. Right? You have to be Zocha to a, to a uh, Zivug Yafe. But says the Nitziv, in a, uh, again, a much quoted comment, in source number nine, first he says the regular pshat, in the beginning, let's read that first, because that's usually not mentioned in the name of the Nitziv. Mishum Shaha Adam ain Tebo Mino Bo Fanechad. Adam has so many elements to him. Different people are uh, relate and have different strengths and different attributes. There are so many elements. Men and women have to be connected. Husbands and wives. On so many different levels. Kinegdo. Opposite all the different elements in the personality of a husband and a wife. Okay, that's the first shot. But then we have the second shot. He quotes Rashi. And says on line 12. Amnam gam lefi 
You can't say that in the first Pasuk that Hashem talks about a wife, Hashem's already saying, it might not work out. Hashem's already saying that. The first time marriage is mentioned in all the Torah. It's not what the Pasuk is saying. I know Chazal, says the Nesif. But I think you have to understand it differently. El ha-kavana shahanigud yehei le'ezer. That's the line. Sometimes being opposite could be the greatest help. The greatest critic in the world should be our spouse. And we should be able to hear it from them because we're one. And if they're saying it, they're saying it for our own benefit. And that's Azer Kinegdo. Two people, man and woman, husband and wife, are not the same person. They're, cre- they're different brios that come together. Shaharei line 16. Mishu ka'asani v'ragzani im ishto od If a man has a pension, has, always gets angry, and then the woman also has that, forget it. Crazy if they're both, they're both uh, have a tendency to get angry. Or this tendency, or that. They both give away all their money. They both are responsible in this area. They both this, they both that. They both don't give any money. They, no, that's why. You know, husband and wife, so often, they each have different strengths. And one person has one strength, the other person has a different strength. And specifically, opposites, anti, against, balance out the relationship of the family. Even children know this sometimes. If they want A, they'll go to parent A. If they want B, they'll go to parent B. Uh, they'll say yes to this, so they'll go there, and they'll say yes to this. Because even the children know the differences. Because parents aren't exactly, and they're not meant to be alike. Even if, let's say he's giving the anger example, even if at the time that the husband is angry, if the wife gets him more angry and keeps up his anger, he's going to feel good. But in the long run, it's obviously not good. His wife brought some more fire and wood. Problem. But if a husband comes home and is very upset and the wife could calm him down and vice versa. Even though at the moment it seems like it's a konegdo, it's really the greatest azer in the world. And therefore, when we have conversations with our spouses and there's a disagreement about something and the other spouse sees something differently and points something out, so we have to realize that that's a gift. That's a gift, and that's what it is. That's what it's meant to be. Azer, connect. Okay, one other thought relating to issues of husband-wife. Let's go to the next two psukim. Chav Gimel, Chav Source number 10. Vayomer. Say, after Hashem creates man and woman, she's not called Chava yet, until after the story with the Nachash. She's Isha, Ish and Isha. Vayomer Adam. Adam says, Zos hapa'am. This time, etzem me'atzamai u'basar mi'basari. Bone from my bones, flesh from my flesh. Lezos yikare isha ki me'ish lukachazos. Call this isha cause she came from ish, and this is Rashi quotes that the world was never blushing a kodesh. What does it mean, zos hapa'am? This time, etzem me'atzamai basar mi'basari. Asks the Pardis Yosef. The great Achronim. And he also asks, what's the connection to the next Pasuk? 
A man should leave his parents, cling to his wife, and be one basar. We mentioned Rashi Ramban in past, in past years. Says the Pardis Yosef. Source number 10. Pardis Yosef is, is a collection. He always collects achronim. Usually lumdis and sharp thoughts, but once in a while he has a little drush. So here's a drush. Most arguments between a husband and a wife, what's the source? Makar gaiva vihisnasus. The source is that I think I'm better. I think I am higher. I think I know better. I think I come from, from higher stock, from greater value. Oh, look, you know who I am. This is what she's saying. This is what he's saying. Almost all arguments are because I think I know better. I think my history is better. I think my yichus is better. That's why Adam was created as Adam. You can't say you came from you came from the same source. You came from the same body. So Adam and Chava couldn't argue. Say, oh, different yichus. They were each other. The best thing to do is to forget looking at your past, focus on the presence, and realize you're both a team. And that'll be the best. Focus on what's in front of the here and the now, not focus on the past or where we came from. That's what the positive says. Adam says, Zosapam. This time, with me, there's no problem. With me and Chava, you know, that's not what... I, I'm not going to get upset at her, maybe if she brings death to the world. Maybe I'll get upset at her for that. But, but not because I have greater yichus than her, because we have the same yichus. Right? That's only Zosapam. But maybe there's going to be future arguments. The Torah is giving us advice. Don't look at your, where you come from. Don't look at where you come from and say, oh, Yishkach, maybe we could say this also sometimes to some of the, uh, some of the, those who are looking to get married, not just those who are married. Just look at the, look at the person. Look at the person, Baalas, Baal, Baalas Midos, Ben or Bas Torah, that's the most important. Yishkach ha-yichus v'cheinu. The most important is the person, v'az yihyeh v'davak b'ishto b'shalom v'ava v'yilu basar echad. Says the Pardis Yosef, I don't have a problem, says Adam. Atam e'asam 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 we have the same yichus. But in the future, Yazov Adam, Yazov ish, es'ave v'es'ima. And then he says, maybe that's another pshat of the, pasi, the bracha. Just like Adam and Chava just looked at each other and it was all based on their merits, right? So too, we give that bracha to every, to every chasen and kav. Okay. There's so much here in Bracious. We have to maybe at least say one thought. We'll end with this tonight. One thought about Paragimel. Paragimel the Chet. 
Bechet, there's, there's a lot more, Kain and Hevel, I mean, we need many hours for Bracious, not really fair that we only have one, one week, but the Nachash. The Gemara tells us in Baba Kama, source 11, beginning of the, beginning of the uh, source. The Gemara says in Baba Kama, Shidro shal adam la'achar shevashanim nase nachash v'hanimili delokara b'modim. The Gemara has a mysterious line. Somebody who does not bow down in modim, after seven years, his spine will turn into a snake. That's the Gemara. After they die, whatever the pshat is. But that's the Gemara. Somebody who does not bow down by modim has some connection to the nachash. So what exactly is the message for us? Why is that? What is the connection between the spine and the nachash? Says the Maharal. Again, this is from the uh, Sefer Maharal al-Torah, where the, the author summarizes the words of the Maharal. This is from the Tifa Avoda, And he puts it al-Torah. Source in line number three. A huge topic, but in short, many say, when the world was created, there was a lot of parallel between man and the Nachash. We know the, the Nachash Pashtus talked. The Nachash had Das. The Nachash had was sly. He had a brain. He had intellect. He was the Melech Haya Arum. What does Arum mean? Right? Unkulis Vahavi Chakim Mikol He was the wisest. The snake was the closest to a human. And he went upright. Right? When he had legs. Man was the king of creations, but Nachash was the king of the animal kingdom. So you know what the Nachash did? He came to Chava. Va'az ba'nachash opites Chava va'amala ani va'at malachim po ba'olamazeh. Lama she'yilanu boss milamala. She'achtiv lanu mala. The Maral didn't write that. She'achtiv lanu mala asos. Bo'i v'nocham eitzadas v'niyak elokim. What do we need the God above us for? You're a king. Isha, I'm a king. So we'll be kings together forever. Let's eat from the tree. We don't need anybody else. We don't need any other God above us. That seduction of the Nachash went to Intachava, convinced her. But what was the roots of the argument? Mered. Lack of kfifus to authority. Not bowing down to authority. Not bending to authority. I want to be in charge. I want to be my own boss. I don't want anything. And what did he even do? Chazal tell us that he wanted Chava to give to Adam. Adam should die and he'll marry Chava. So much so. They were so connected that he thought he could even be with her. That he even thought he'd be able to marry her. And what was his punishment? His double punishment? Instead of being the Melech, He's all the way, he's not even a subject of the king. What does the king say? As many point out, Hashem says, take your dirt and get out of my life for eternity. You have no needs. I don't want to talk to you. He wanted to be the king. He's not even a subject in the kingdom. Number one, you want to marry Chava? Number two, 
Chava not only will not marry you, she will hate you. Ve'eva ashis. I will put Eva, I will put hatred between you and her. The double punishment that the, oh, the Anachash gets. Line 14. The two ways that he was Makalkel. He goes on his stomach. And marriage, the Eva Ashes. But what was the root of the Nachash? He was in charge. I don't need anybody above me. When somebody doesn't say Modim, when somebody doesn't bow by Modim, that's basically the same idea. I, I, I'm, I'm good by myself. I don't have to say thank you to anybody. I don't have to recognize anyone above me. I'm good to go by myself. And it doesn't mean literally in Modim. It means somebody who doesn't live their life as a life of bowing during Modim. That's like the chait of the Nachash. Gaiva. Being able to think that I could do it on my own. That's offer tocha kol that's what we daven for. All the tefillahs that we daven and the life that we lead is a recognition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge and we are dependent on HaKadosh Baruch Hu every second of our life. Baruch Hashem, we had a haschala. I forgot to mention at the beginning, I wanted to mention that this is the eighth year of the year. The eight is always Lamalam and Ateva, according to the Maharal. Right, seven is Teva, this is Lamal. As Hashem, we should all be Zoha to a year of Limud. Lamal Teva, the sweetness of Torah, like we mentioned earlier, that once you get in, you can't get out. You don't want to leave. It's Ganeiden every week that we get to learn together. Hashem, we should be able to be able to learn together for many more, many more Parshias and Shi'ur.